Here we go. Welcome to the Transform with Travel podcast, where we share stories of personal transformation and life lessons through our experiences of traveling and exploring the world. Travel is the ultimate accelerator for personal growth, and it can be the root catalyst for the pivots and plot twists we make in our lives. I'm your host, Kelly Tolliday, and it's my mission to inspire you to live life to its fullest, travel with an open mind and heart, and let the world show you a new perspective. I'm so grateful you're here with us today, so let's dive right in. Happy exploring. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Kelly Tolliday, and I'm your host of the Transform with Travel podcast. Earlier this year, at the very first episode of the year, I mentioned that we are going to be changing the format a little bit of this podcast, where instead of weekly guest interview episodes, we are moving to bi-weekly, and in between the guest interviews, I'm going to be sharing shorter, more bite-sized episodes where I share travel stories, where I share travel hacks, travel tips, just ways to be able to bring my experience as a... (laughs) self-proclaimed veteran traveler at this stage, having traveled to 40 plus countries and living all over the world, I really want to be able to share a lot of the experience that I have, a lot of the knowledge, as well as the the funny stories, the mishaps, just there's so much to share. So I want to be able to offer not only the long form conversations that are anywhere between 45 minutes to 60 minutes, but also be able to offer these five to 10 minute episodes where you're really able to get a lot of value in a short amount of time because I know we are all short on time. (laughs) So in today's episode, I'm going to be sharing some of my top tips for family travel. I think that's one of the biggest questions that I get on Instagram from friends, from people all over the world is how can I travel with a little more ease with my family? I'm really anxious to go on this road trip. I'm really anxious to go on our first flight with our toddler or our baby how do you manage jet lag? Like all of those things I get, I get asked all the time, as well as my top products. So people come to me all the time when they're building their baby registry and they're like, Kelly, I need to know what do I need to put on this registry that's travel related that's going to help me travel more with my baby or with my toddler. So that is something that I'm going to be sharing with you today. And some of it is going to be more like emotional, mental strategies, like mindset strategies, and others are going to be very practical things as well as products that you might want to look out for. I will link all of the products in the show notes so it's very easy for you to click and go to Amazon. Amazon or whatever store it is. And yeah, my biggest goal is to get more families out there on the road. I am definitely still learning. I have a three-year-old and a one-year-old. The three-year-old has been to seven or eight countries at this stage. My one-year-old has been to Greece. And at the airing of this episode, she will have traveled her way through Southeast Asia. So Lord knows how that's going to go as I'm as I'm saying this out loud. It has not happened yet. <laughs> but it's something that I'm definitely still learning as I go. But I have a lot of experience so far. So The number one tip, the number one piece of advice that I can give to families who want to start traveling but are nervous, are anxious, are overwhelmed, is that it at the end of the day, the vibe, the energy, the mood of the family, it starts with you. You are the leader of your family, and not just from what you do on a day-to-day basis, but also the mood that you set as the leader of your family trickles down all the way through to your kids, right? So while yes, there are tips that you can do to help manage meltdowns and, you know, get energy out and whatever it is, at the end of the day, they are going to have a meltdown at some stage in the same way that you feel stressed and anxious sometimes traveling. Your kids feel that too. They're out of their routine. They're they're out of nap time. It's a new environment. They're feeling all the anxiety at the airport as well. 
And so just the same way that they're having that meltdown, you're feeling that too. And so we have to come from a place of calm, right? So chaos breeds more chaos. So if you're meeting your kid's chaos or your kid's meltdown or tantrum or just, you know, emotional uproar with more chaos and yelling at them to just sit down and be quiet and shh, what are you doing? Get off the floor, like yelling at them, which I, I trust me, I've been there. So I know exactly what that's like. You just want to get from one gate to the next gate without somebody ripping their pants off and running around. <laughs> and hopefully that's your three-year-old and not your husband. So, <laughs> so the thing that we have to remember is it starts with us. When you see the meltdown starting to happen, because we all know the signs and symptoms of that, we have to start our emotional regulation practices well before that. Whatever that looks like for you, maybe that's deep breathing, maybe that's going for a walk just for two minutes on your own, maybe that's having a little space to stretch in the airport, maybe it's a meditation, like music that you're just playing softly in the background in your headphones. You find what works for you, but it starts with you. We need to be emotionally regulated, calm, to be able to meet the meltdown in a way that's going to tell our child that they are safe to be able to have those feelings, but then be able to return back to neutral a lot faster. Because like I said, chaos breeds chaos. And your perception of what's happening around you is only going to feel more heightened and more stressed if we're coming at it from fight or flight, if we're coming at it from this, you know, it's, it's got to stop right now, you know, put, put a lid on it type of thing. It's only going to feel feel worse for you. And something that I always remind myself is that yeah, maybe people are annoyed on the plane because my baby's crying. Maybe someone is pissed that they're sitting next to a three-year-old, but I don't know this person. It's not going to matter in three hours from now and four hours from now. They're going to carry on with their day and not even remember it. And so it's just one of those things that we have to be coming at it from a place of calm and from a place of regulation so that our kids can be can model that behavior. This episode is brought to you by Child & Company. Child & Company is South Florida's first family-friendly office space featuring private offices, a professional content creation studio, and childcare for hybrid work and work-from-home parents located in Boca Raton. Child & Company is founded on the belief that you shouldn't have to choose between raising a family and being career-driven. Their core mission is to create an environment where family and work can exist in harmony. The best part to me as a mom is that you can pop in and breastfeed your baby or have lunch with your toddler if you like, and then pop back into your office for your Zoom meeting, which I think is so key, especially for newborn moms going back to work. It's the perfect transition from emerging out of the newborn bubble and getting back to the business you love. Child & Company provides you the flexibility to work in a beautifully designed, ergonomic private office with insanely good Wi-Fi connection and soundproofing while just being steps away from your child. They have monthly themes that they base their lessons on, like exploring the animals of the Amazon, which I obviously love when children get opportunities to learn more about the world and build a sense of curiosity. Child & Company offers weekly and monthly classes and events like Zambini, music class for babies, mindful cooking for toddlers, big kid yoga, and mindful mama community events, and so much more. I've been a member since February, 2023, utilizing their private offices and their professional content creation studio. Child & Company is where all of the magic happens for this podcast. Their beautiful recording studio is soundproofed with state-of-the-art equipment, microphones, lighting, and cameras. So you can record your podcast, course content, 
meditation clips, and anything else you might want to record for your business. The Child & Company team truly feels like family. They are an extension of my team over here at Rising Nature Retreats and the Transform with Travel podcast, as well as an extension of my own family. If you're local to Palm Beach and Broward County, do yourself a favor and check out Child & Company. Visit www.childandcompany.com or head over to Instagram at Child & Company. Right. And so something that Emily Calvo, who is a licensed mental health counselor, she was on the podcast back in December of 2023. She talks about not trying to hide these anxieties away. Oftentimes you'll hear people say, you know, just expect the meltdown. It's going to happen. Lower your barometer of, you know, what you're expecting out of this situation. And while, yes, even that's something that I say too, it's not necessarily helpful for somebody who has anxiety about traveling with their family. It's not going to go away just because you're quote unquote lowering the bar in the moment in your mind, you can say, yeah, of course, I'm going to lower the bar. But then in the moment of being in that heightened state of stress and this little like microcosm of chaos that is an airport and an airplane with a baby and a toddler, it doesn't help, right? And so Kem- Emily says pre-trip, the same way that we'll make a packing list of your toothbrush, your toothpaste, your shoes, your socks, your this, your that, all the things, also write out a list of what your triggers are. So if you're triggered at home around your child being a picky eater, if you're triggered around your child not sleeping through the night, if you're triggered around loud sounds and screaming and your child having a physical tantrum on the floor and in the middle of a store at home, those are also going to be triggers that are going to happen when you're traveling. So write them out, put a name to it. Don't try to push it or hide it under the rug and then create strategies for them. Okay, if I get to a restaurant where there is only escargot on the menu, (laughs) but my child will literally only eat chicken nuggets, what is my strategy? Am I going to have snacks on me? Should I bring fruit with me? What are we going to do? If my trigger is my baby not sleeping through the night, what is my strategy when my baby is jet lagged or I sh- she just wakes up and she's not sleeping very well? What's my strategy for that? If my trigger is, you know, loud sounds and chaos and being trapped in a seat and not being able to let my baby move around, what is my strategy going to be for that? And that is something where if you actually don't know how to name your triggers, it's something that I highly recommend actually working with a therapist or a licensed mental health counselor to be able to note those triggers out for you. So that's something that's been really helpful for us as a family. So number one, it starts with you, emotional regulation. Find what works for you to be able to calm yourself before you try to calm your child. Number two, know what your triggers are in terms of being out of your comfort zone and write your strategies out for them so that you, in that moment you can say, yes, I'm feeling triggered and I have a strategy for that instead of trying to just like shush your child into submission basically because we all know that's not going to work. Number three is getting energy out and sensory input for your child, input and output, right? So some children are just happy-go-lucky, just like sit in the stroller for hours and fine. Other children, like my children, they got to run. They got to get that energy out. They got to jump. They got to go upside down. And the same, of course, is going to be when they're traveling. So what we always try to do is my husband, one of his triggers is being late to the airport or like running late to the flight. So we're always at the airport, like three hours beforehand. And what that means is we have a lot of time, which is great because then we let them run around the airport. We find an empty gate in the airport and we let them run around. Or perhaps if you're on a road trip, just find a 
little like a rest stop on the road and let them run around in the little green area that they usually have. We let them run around empty gates. Usually sometimes there's play spaces in each terminal. I have yet to find a terminal that hasn't have even the most basic play space. So that's even though it's probably like the most germy place on earth, whatever, let them just run around. If you're trapped in a seat, let's say on an airplane and your child starts getting that just restlessness, literally, if they're if they're small enough, I would say like three and under maybe, just play a game with them or you just flip them upside down in their seat, like hold them up and flip them upside down a couple times so they get that sensory input. Some kids need more sensory input and some kids need more sensory output. And just knowing what, what works for your kid. And Emily Calvo also, who I just mentioned in the December podcast, she talks about bringing Play-Doh on the plane, which is messy, but it, that molding and really using something with your hands, that helps them get that sensory input as well, which is awesome. So getting that energy out. And then when you land or when you arrive at your new country or your, your new town, do some research ahead of time and find the coolest parks to go to. I have literally have a list of places in my phone of the coolest parks around the world that we've been to because your kid's not going to want to go to a museum every day, right? You got to think about what your child, what's going to work for your child and also what's going to work for you. And so do some research, find some really cool indoor or outdoor play spaces that they can get that energy out as well. It's just going to help regulate them even more. So number four is taking turns as partners. If you are traveling with a partner, if you're traveling with perhaps a family member, just if you, if you have a duo with you, this is where this works. And then I have a suggestion if you're by yourself, your child is probably going to have to nap or at least have some downtime during the day, most likely, depending on the age. Of course, I'm coming at this from toddler and baby perspective. But even I've, talking to fr I've talked to friends who have seven-year-olds, eight-year-olds, nine-year-olds, and everyone needs a little bit of downtime. Take turns as partners. If your partner is someone who really likes to have quiet time and home time and they like to rest at the hotel, they like to enjoy the amenities of the hotel, maybe while your child's resting or taking a nap, they can stay and watch TV and watch a movie and have that downtime. And then you can go to the spa. You can go do that yoga class. You can do that tour you wanted to do, but you know it's not suitable for, for children. And vice versa, then swap the next day. You're the one that stays back at the hotel and hangs with the kids. And then your partner gets to go do something that they want to do. My partner, my husband, he loves to just hang at the hotel. Like he likes to have a couple hours of just resting, whereas I like to fill my day up with everything. So he's always like, yeah, I'll stay back with the kids. We'll watch a movie and you go do the things that I don't want to do. So it works really well for us. So taking turns with your partners of having kind of off times and solo times. That solo time is so important for you to just kind of like recuperate, bring your energy back to yourself, and then be able to give that back to your family as you're traveling. So- if you're by yourself traveling or if you and your partner want to go do something on your own without the kids and you're on, let's say, a longer trip, I have been a big proponent of talking to the hotels or the villas or the Airbnbs that I work with for vetted and recommended nannies or babysitters. Of course, this is totally up to your personal preference, and this is something that you really have to get a feel for the person when they come in. But we have worked with some incredible babysitters and nannies around the world that have been recommended by the villas that we've stayed at or the hotels that we've stayed at. There's also some great nanny services online. Like in Ireland, there's one called littlesitters.ie, and they're all police vetted. And they all have their background checks done. And we had amazing sitters through Dublin, through Killarney, through Galway. I, I would, I have their numbers and I would happily like reach out to them if we went back to Ireland. And it was just a way for me and my husband to get out and have some dinner by ourselves and feel like this trip is also for us as well. 
So those are some of my top tips for traveling with kids. One, it starts with you. Emotional regulation, meet the chaos with calm first. You have to become calm before you start to try to regulate your children. And it also just helps you see the world with a little bit more of an objective, neutral view rather than coming at it through the survival, fight or flight, just absolute shit show. (laughs) Number two, Write your triggers out as if you're doing your packing list, like write your triggers out, what triggers you at home, what gives you anxiety at home when you go to a restaurant and something goes off, like what was that that made you feel really anxious or angry or frustrated? Write all of those out and then create strategies for them so that you can in the moment know, have a tool in your toolkit to pull out and be like, okay, I know what to do in this situation because it works at home. Number three is that energy output, that sensory input. So let them run around empty gates at the airport, find play spaces inside the airport terminals. If there's rest stops on your road trip, let them run around in the grass. If you're stuck in your seat on an airplane, just flip them, flip them upside down a couple times or bring some Play-Doh with you and just find ways for sensory seeking children to get that in and or out so that they feel a little more regulated as well. Number four was taking turns as partners. So if one partner stays back and wants to have a little rest with the kids and you get to go out and go take a walk, take a run, go get a massage, whatever that looks like, and then vice versa, flipping. And then also if you're by yourself traveling with kids and or you and your partner want to go have a night out, being able to trust the recommendations of villas and Airbnbs, of course, this is totally personal preference. I have some people who would, I have some friends who literally would d- d- do not feel comfortable with that. And I 100% respect that. But reaching out to people in the local area that you're going to be staying at and having a nanny or a babysitter giving you some, some very well-deserved time off. <laughs> G'day mates from the land down under. Just kidding. I'm right here in South Florida enjoying a true blue Aussie coffee, pastry, and meat pie at my absolute favorite cafe here in South Florida, Bites and Coffee. That's B-Y-T-E and coffee located in Lighthouse Point. Bite and Coffee is owned and managed by the absolute best couple from down under, Dan and Kat, who moved to South Florida from Melbourne, Australia with the dream of bringing the incredible Aussie cafe culture to the States. As someone who's lived in Australia for five years, I surely do miss my Aussie flat white coffee, brekkie buns, and sausage rolls. But what I miss more is the sense of community when you step inside your favorite cafe. You know that feeling when you walk in and they already know your order and it's ready to go? Yeah, that kind of feeling. Bite and Coffee brings the good vibes, delicious food and coffee, and the true sense of family. I can bring my little girls for breakfast and know that they are welcomed. If you're living in South Florida or just visiting and passing by, I highly recommend heading over to Bite and Coffee and grabbing a coffee with your breakfast or lunch, or even checking out their incredible wine and beer selection with a delicious charcuterie board at night. It's the perfect spot for a catch up with a friend or a business meeting. As a special gift to listeners, when you order at Bite, be sure to mention Transform with Travel for 10% off your order. So go ahead and check it out. Bite and Coffee located in Lighthouse Point. (laughs) Now, the very, very last one I wanted to touch on before I go into products is sleep. So I mentioned that one of my triggers is around sleep. I get the the thing that makes me the most frustrated, the most angry, the most zero to 100 like that is sleep. And so we're, we go to a lot of countries where the jet lag is real. It's a 12-hour time difference. It's a five-hour time difference. And even just like a one or a two-hour time difference can really throw a baby off. So what I have had to learn is letting go 
of those really tight sleep schedules that I keep with my family. I'm pretty strict at home. And just again, telling someone who has like anxiety around sleep just to let the sleep plan go isn't always necessarily helpful. But I have had now three years experience of traveling all over the world with our little ones. And that is the number one thing that I've had to practice. So even if it doesn't feel possible for you to let your kids skip a nap or, you know, go two hours past bedtime, I recommend just trying baby steps. So maybe just seeing, okay, maybe we're still going to have that hard stop at 7 p.m. for bedtime, but maybe let's see if we can push during the day a little bit. Or maybe we can plan our long road trip from one town to the next town around the midday nap so that they can get that nap in. And just kind of testing your boundaries around how comfortable you are about letting some of those sleep schedules go. Because the more that I've been able to kind of relax into letting some of those sleep schedules go, the more that we as a family as a whole are able to enjoy the trip. And yeah, sometimes that means sleep is an absolute mess, you know, and sometimes that means I didn't sleep very well that whole trip. But during the day, we were able to actually enjoy ourselves as a family instead of revolving the entire day around nap times. So that's the very last one that I had. So I wanted to move like from sleep into products because that's the number one thing that I get asked is what are some things that you take with you on your trip so that it is easy to be able to replicate this little perfect cocoon that we create at home if you're like me <laughs> with your sleep, with your baby sleep at least. So my number one products that don't take up a lot of space in your bags is a slumber pod is an amazing product. It goes over the pack and play or over the mini cot that you might bring for your baby. And it's like a blackout tent. And the new versions of the Slumber Pot are great because they have mesh lining so that there's actually some breathability going through it. And they have a little pocket for a fan that you can plug in and they have a pocket for a sleep monitor. So it's, it's like a little tent. It doesn't take up that much room in your bag. And it allows you to maybe have one hotel room and you put your baby's cot in the hotel room, the slumber pod over the baby's cot, and then it's a blackout room for them. But you can still have the lights on or watch TV. And it's able to, it's a great way in case there's not a lot of space where you're staying to be able to keep the whole family together. If there's no connecting rooms, that kind of thing. The next one for sleep is a Yogi ROM sound machine. It's a tiny circular sound machine that plays a, a couple different sounds at varying levels. It can be super loud if you want it to be, but it's super small, which is great because you can throw it in the stroller if you're out and about and you want your baby to sleep in the stroller. We've used it on the plane. We've used it, you know, obviously for nighttime at sleep. So that's a really super small portable sound machine. Another thing that you can get is, is portable blackout curtains. If you weren't going to use a slumber pod, there are like reusable blackout curtains that you can stick using like these rubber stickers on windows in hotels. So that's another great way to have a blackout room. But usually that's more so for Airbnbs if you're not sure what the curtain situation is going to be like. Most hotels have great blackout curtains. That one's not so much necessary, but it is nice to have something that can be portable so you're not using a cheaper version of that might just be using like garbage bags and painter's tape on the wall. Uh, we've used everything. <laughs> if you can tell, I'm obsessed about sleep. So I think that's it for sleep. But the next one, a couple other products that are really, really great for the plane or a road trip 
a busy board. So a Montessori busy board, it's like 10 to $20 on Amazon. There's all these different buckles that they push in and out. There's things that they can, you know, rip off and stick back on. It's just a really great way to keep your child busy without having to use an iPad. Or if you've used the iPad for four hours, like we have, and you're like, all right, this kid needs a break. Here's the busy board. We love the Montessori busy boards. Magnetic drawing boards are great because while yes, coloring crayons and pen and paper are awesome that you could just find the crayons all over the floor and you're constantly bending down and picking up the crayons. So a magnetic drawing board is great because they can just swipe it and it's clean again. You don't have to have a new paper. And typically the magnetic drawing utensil is like attached to the board so they can't ever freaking lose it because <laughs> their kids are really good at throwing things all over the plane. So a magnetic drawing board is awesome. And then, like I mentioned, an iPad, a Kindle, a Fire. If you are not above using some sort of tablet, I, it's a really great tool to use it when you need it. It helps them kind of just zone in on their on their show for a little bit. There's also other things that you can use. They have, you know, drawing games on the iPad. There's lots of educational games that you can use. And while we personally don't use tablets at home, my oldest will definitely watch TV at home, but the tablet itself she doesn't use at home. That's just a personal preference. But we keep the iPad specifically for flights. And she knows like we're going to Thailand and she's like, I get my iPad, I get my snacks. I'm like, cool. Yeah, girl, you got it. <laughs> and then the last thing for the flight is painter's tape. So if you can get like a roll of painter's tape, you can stick it. This is more for maybe like 18 months and younger, but you can stick painter's tape on the back of the seat or on the window. And then they just like try to take it off and put it back on, take it off and put it back on. And that's a really cheap toy to be able to use. Oh, and then Emily Calvo mentioned the Play-Doh. That's also a great a great option too. So I mentioned a couple things to bring on the plane and that's really just it. I've seen moms on Instagram just have an entire fishing tackle box, like three levels worth of drawers of all these different toys and snacks and this and that. And yeah, maybe that's effective, but man, that literally gives me stress just looking at that. I th my biggest motto is less is more, less is more, less is more. Three to four staple toys, an iPad, a handful of snacks. You can always get snacks, although overpriced, but you can always get snacks at the airport. Like less is more in your bag. That also helps breed a more calm environment for you. So you're not just literally rummaging through a bag to find the tiniest little toy in the bottom of the bag, or you're just picking up shit all over the floor on the airplane or the terminal or your car. It's just less is more. Minimalist as much as possible. I know it doesn't seem possible with kids, but it, it actually is. The more that we've implemented this as a family, the more it is just easier. It's just she asked for a toy. Nope, sorry, I don't have it. What do we have? This is what we have. And she just makes do with what we have. <laughs> so definitely less is more. And that even goes to things like diapers. So if you have a child in diapers, we bring enough diapers for maybe like two or three days worth in, ca in case there's a delay, in case we have to stay over in a country that we weren't necessarily planning on staying over with. We bring enough diapers and wipes for like two or three days. And then as soon as we get to where we're going, we go to the store and we pick up whatever diaper brand, whatever wipes they have. So it just helps us minimize the amount of stuff that we have. So the last few products that I highly, highly recommend to make your life easier is if you have a baby with bottles, formula, or pumped breast milk, the Baby Brew Portable Electric Bottle Warmer is incredible. Again, it's tiny, it's small, it charges electrically, 
And it's a really easy way to be able to warm up your baby bottles on the go without needing to add, you know, super hot water to the canister and warming up. It takes like 10 minutes. This thing can warm up a bottle in like four or five minutes. It's super small and super effective. So I highly recommend the baby brew. And then the last thing that I'll say is a, the stroller. Stroller recommendations are th- are literally the one of the biggest questions that I get asked on the podcast or on Instagram. Do I bring my up a baby? Do I bring my big one? Do I bring the double? Do I, what about the travel stroller? And so for us, we have never traveled with our at-home stroller, like our big up a baby double stroller. We use a GB pocket all-terrain, I think it is. Again, I'm not sponsored by any of these products. These are just things that I've genuinely loved and used over three years. The GB Pocket is great because it folds up super small and you can actually fit it in the overhead compartment on an airplane so they can't force you. Well, I guess they can because they can do whatever they want, but they typically don't force us to gate check our stroller. And we really try to avoid gate checking our stroller because the strollers are typically the last thing to come off the plane. It takes forever. You're waiting there at, you know, literally on the tarmac, just waiting for your stroller to come off and the babies, you know, it's just, it's all these things. We just want to be able to get off the plane, get where we're going, efficiency as much as possible. So we use the GB Pocket because it's super small, super compact, super lightweight. Now, the only thing is that there's not a lot of under storage space. The umbrella isn't super deep, so there's not a lot of sunshade for your child. But we just make do with what we have. We will put Layla in the in the stroller. I'll strap Indy onto my chest with the Ergo, Ergo Baby Carrier. That's another great product is having a baby carrier. If your child is likes it or small enough for that, baby carriers are great to be able to have multiple children at multiple touch points. But yeah, really trying to, again, like minimize the amount of stuff that you're bringing, that you're checking on the airplane, and just the less space that you have to store stuff, the better, because it means you don't bring as much stuff. And so I think overall, I think you can see the theme is just don't bring that much shit. Try to minimize as much as you can so that you have an, not as much physical clutter And then that helps free up space through all the mental clutter that's going on as well. Just bringing yourself more space, more ease, more flow as much as possible. So this episode was a lot longer than I intended it to be. This was only going to be 10 minutes, but I probably will end up doing a part two, especially after we go to Southeast Asia for five weeks. As I'm speaking this out, you will be hearing this while I'm in Southeast Asia. So I will definitely be doing a part two of, you know, all the things that I've learned through maybe longer term trips. But this is what I got. I I also get a lot of questions around, do I bring a car seat on the plane? How do I check the car seat? What do I do? And that's like a whole other conversation. So maybe that'll be within part two because we've done that as well. And I have thoughts about it. But if you have any questions, personal specific questions about what you want to do with your kid, I am so open. Please find me on Instagram at kelly.toliday.yoga and just DM me and I will send you a voice note with an answer with my best tips and tricks. And yeah, I I'm hope you enjoy this episode. For those who have kids, I hope this helps you with any sort of, you know, mindset hacking to get over the anxiety of traveling with your kids. I hope it brings you practical tips so that you're able to have confidence with the products that you're purchasing. 
I'll link again everything in the show notes so that it's easy access for you to be able to find them. And I'm looking forward to the next episode. Thanks so much for tuning in. Please rate and review the podcast if you can. It brings me so much joy (laughs) when I see a review come in. It Literally, I do a little happy dance. It does not go unnoticed. So thank you to everyone who has reviewed. If you're listening now, the best way you can support a business is by sending a great review for them. So I would love that so much. I hope you have a beautiful, beautiful rest of your January and we will see you on the other side. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Transform with Travel podcast. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode of inspiration, adventure, and exploration. If you felt inspired by this episode, please rate and review in whatever streaming app you're listening from. This allows us to spread the word even more and continue to serve up weekly doses of adventure. As always, we'd love if you could share the episode with someone in your life who you think will benefit from this conversation. Thanks so much for listening. This is your reminder to get out there and keep on exploring.